yeah, shit like TikTok is just taking the music world and giving it one of those. <laughs> <laughs> this I've, I've listened to quite a few um i know what's up yeah <laughs> um you got a bev ready to go for the episode i got two bevs okay perfect you know sometimes some people miss the the notes for that episode so i appreciate you being ready to go and on board um but without further ado thank you so much everyone for tuning in this is another episode of the scoped exposure podcast today's episode we're getting hijacked the system's getting hacked i'm really really excited to be uh joined by riley who plays guitar in flashback out of regina thank you for joining me on the show my guy thanks for having me stoked absolutely um so for those that don't know flashback north american new metal um you know, a, a collection of, of great friends from the Regina space that um, originally got introduced through bands like Stepping Stone and, and things like that. And now Flashback is really like taking people by storm with all this like actual new metal uh, material that's hitting the scene. And, um, and Nathan reached out to me to have Riley on the podcast to talk about the new record that's coming out and some of the tour stuff. And I was like, you know, it's uh, I, I, I felt that was um such a great idea and it, it, it's kind of funny because i would consider you a new guest on the podcast you, we've never had a proper one-on-one but you actually we did we theoretically did like a uh like a live stream q a where that turned into like a bonus podcast uh i was listening back to some of those things today and you know it was just funny to hear us like you know chat very just candidly about anything new metal yeah that was fun very off the cuff <laughs> Yeah. yeah yeah i i i'm i'm still it's uh you know i have a couple questions here that kind of uh tie back to some of those things uh that we talked about but um you know without uh getting too much into the music chats we got to check some bevs uh at the top of the show to get things started um so riley it's tradition for the guests to go first so tell me what you're bringing to the show today as far as bevs are concerned okay i got nothing too too wild but i am I got a Red Bull. Okay. I've been I've been retired from Red Bull for a couple months because it causes me physical pain to drink. But um like I was like, you know, if I'm doing a bev check, it's gotta be Red Bull. Cause I take my Red Bull flavors very seriously. I'm very passionate about Red Bull mm-hmm. and the flavor scheme. It's something I uh, I think a lot about. Yeah. So totally. I'm coming out of Red Bull environment for the pod. So b- before you showcase the second Bev, I feel like saying Red Bull retirement is almost the same as saying like Mosh retirement. It's like this unsaid, like, what does that actually mean? When do you qualify for Red Bull it's, retirement? In your opinion? Like, I like consume way too much caffeine. Uh, and I am also an incredibly anxious person. And so like my tolerance is just like shrinking constantly. Mm, I got and, you. Like, I have to like lay off coffee, like one cup a day for me now. And then like Red Bull is now giving me the jitters. Like this used to be like a nice controlled amount of caffeine for me, but now like it's not. Oh, and okay. also I started, 
I fully convinced myself that I had appendicitis because like a couple months ago I was drinking Red Bull and I was getting like pains in my stomach and I was like, I'm going to die. Like this is just the end of my life. And then I've basically just determined that it's simply just gas. It's just Red Bull causing like bubbles of badness. Yeah. Not, body, not but... just gas, you know, out the, out the behind. It's like actual, like openings yeah. in the body. In the body. Like, literal science inside of my stomach <laughs> happening and it causes me pain but it tastes so good so like how could i not crush one yeah on the pot yeah totally like i hope this isn't the the red bull that breaks the camel's back or anything like that i think it's an <laughs> enjoyable red bull experience on the podcast it'd be good for your podcast though if my camel's back did break from or it would be it would probably shut down the show honestly <laughs> Yeah. Canadian podcast kills guests on episode. It's like wasn't me. It was Red Bull. Um, what's the second beverage that you brought to the show? Just some nice pomegranate tea going on. Oh, over here. nice. Yeah. I don't think I've ever heard of pomegranate tea before. Yeah, well, I like any other kind of tea, like green tea or whatever, is nasty as hell to me. But mm. like pomegranate tea, it's just like nice and like fruity. Um, and this, this kind is like low caffeine. So that's been like my replacement for like, instead of crushing like five cups of coffee a day, I just kind of switched to tea. Yeah. Low caffeine. Yeah. I, I definitely, it's, um, you know, to, to totally, um, uh, validate you. I think, I think the older that you get, you need to kind of navigate the waters as far as caffeine. Like it's very easy for me just to slam two like Americanos. Like I have the one at, I make at home and then one I get later in the day and it's like actually too much. So sometimes it's like, Oh, you know, let's, let's do the chai tea. Let's like do something a little bit subtler. Um, and that actually helps out. But yeah, it's sometimes like you just have to be really self-aware of like, where am I actually on the, you know, no one's got yeah. like a caffeine meter in their wrist as far as like, how juiced am I right now? <laughs> I, it's something that I've been trying to balance for like a year now where it's like, okay, exactly how much food do I have to eat? And like, like, do I have to eat the food before my cup of coffee or after? Mm. And then like, I found that like the cup of coffee that I make at home is way more intense than like crushing a Tim's double double, you know? And so like, I'm like, I kind of like have to have a Tim's double double before I go to work at night. And mm. like, yeah, there's just so much like science involved in like caffeine <laughs> consumption. Every day. Yeah. So, that's what I'm yeah. here for. I'm here for the music chats and the beverage science. Let's go. Um, uh, so, um, Riley, you, you check out a couple of the episodes. It sounds like, so I'm going to be drinking a, a beverage sponsor of ours. Um, this is new level, which is a brewery here in Calgary pinball wizard. Um, it's like, uh, it's like a raspberry sour, so it kind of has like this really nice kind of fruity, tangy vibe to it. Um, uh, Bryn is working really late tonight, so I don't really have to, you know, be accountable for anyone but my dogs, which are just sleeping right now. Hopefully, knock on wood, they don't wake up in the middle of the podcast. We recorded an episode earlier today, and it was like I had to leave like probably every five or ten minutes, and it was just a nightmare. Um, but that being said, that's what I'm drinking, and uh, yeah. Very excited to have you on. Cheers to you. You know, hold two bevs or one, whatever you're into. Wow. Open the bev. I have to applaud you for that. That was that was a move. Yes, sir. So, Riley, like I said at the top of the show, um, you, you've theoretically been on the podcast before, but this is your first, like, 
interview interview. So I'm considering that as a fresh, you know, um, green person that's come on the show. So I always like to ask those people the kind of same intro question, um, how they got into heavy music, how they got into hardcore, punk, metal, new metal, however you want to spin it. Um, and that will help set a little bit of context for um, some of the other stuff that we're going to be chatting about. So t- take us back in time and tell us about like the first kind of moments you heard um, some of the music that you love today. Yeah, man. Um, yeah, that's cool. My like um, my intro to heavy music, but then my intro to hardcore are two like very different things. Sure. Because my intro to hardcore is like recent, like a couple of years ago. Mm. Um but like music in general, like uh, I would like I don't know in the car with my dad listening to like rock radio, and like my dad like wouldn't get hyped about music too much. But like every once in a while, like Iron Maiden would come on or something, and he would just be like, "Fucking Iron Maiden!" Saw them back in '84. Like he would get hyped about stuff like that, and then I'd be like, "Okay, well that's clearly a sick band," you right. know, or like Metallica. Like he would just occasionally get fired up about. So then I kind of just like always was into like that type of shit you know hmm, okay um and then guitar hero 3 came out when i was like yes like yes yeah mm-hmm. dude that game got a lot of people in a guitar totally I, and like yeah it was so hype when it came out and um yeah that just like made me want to play guitar like super bad because mm-hmm. um, i thought i was nasty at guitar hero 3 but i was playing with like not a guitar controller but like a playstation controller <laughs> You know, oh, you were just doing the button mashing. I was doing this on Guitar Hero and like thinking like, yeah, well, I could definitely play real guitar. Then. <laughs> you know? um, Dude, like, sorry to jump in there, but just the f- whole fact of like realizing that playing like if you think of the hardest uh, Guitar Hero song of all time, like I think a lot of people would just jump in and say like through the fire and flames by Dragon Force. And like some of those parts are su- like are actually way easier to play on actual guitar once you get like the the picking and the and the speed and all that but it's like holding a little piece of plastic and like slamming it like this while you're like you know even some of like the weird like i think in the um, before the first verse kicks in there's like the like that's like this crazy tapping part when it really is just like a dive bomb so there's like all these liberties that guitar hero and all their tech like how like okay how does this weird song translate into guitar hero but it's like actually way easier just to play on guitar yeah and that like man great point because also like they give you a whammy bar on the guitar so like why <laughs> wouldn't you hit a dive bar? totally like that doesn't make sense yeah wow i i swear i've seen a video on youtube where dragon force tries to play it on guitar hero and they <laughs> totally like biff on it like, oh totally yeah yeah it's a whole other thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I do remember um, looking at that menu. I can kind of clearly um, remember exactly where playing certain, um, like once I'm playing on expert difficulty, it's like a certain, I think it's like the last two areas I was like, I can maybe get through before I forget, but like some of the other songs after that, it's like kind of game over at that point. Dude, some of like the track list on that game is so blacked out from my memory, like I would love to kind of go back and see what I could do on that game and like what songs are on there. Right. Cause my knowledge of music is also like way more than what it would have been when I was playing guitar hero. Right. But I didn't know before I forget I was on that game. I don't remember that. Yeah. You know? I think it's in the, you know, I I'm, I would 
put money on that. I'm going to just fact check it just for the sake of the show. <laughs> yeah. Um, Guitar Hero 3 songs. Oh, I forgot Monsters by Matchbook Romance was on that. Damn. What a fucking... Okay, we're pulling up the official... We're Okay, uh, Command F before I... Yep, before I forget. Slipknot. 2004. So... God. God. Great. <laughs> Great shit. Um, but, you know, going back, it, it was just funny that you brought that up because I remember so vividly getting that for Christmas one year. And, like, it's kind of like, you know, most families who spend Christmas together... It's like you have your times where you open up your gifts and then everyone kind of fucks off and like plays with whatever they got, whether it's like a Lego set or, you know, whatever it is. So I just remember playing Guitar Hero in the living room in my like Christmas pajamas or whatever. So, um, yeah, I think that game yeah. was pivotal. And I think, you know, the introduction to like Rock Band from Activision was like that kind of opening for like even drummers and vocalists and this, that or the other. Uh, that game like really like... Like, I just think about, like, so I was, like, in the fourth grade when that game came out, right? Mm -hmm. And that game, like, had every fourth grader, like, knowing who Slash was, you know? like <laughs> Totally. Which doesn't happen now. Like, like I work at a rock school. I work at School of Rock mm -hmm. in Regina. And, like, when I ask kids, like, you know what I mean? Like, who's your favorite bands? Or, like, do you know who, like, Slash is? Like, most of them are, like, no, absolutely not. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. They straight up don't have bands that they like. Like... I'll be like, who's your favorite band? And they're like, oh, I have a favorite band. Can't remember their name. It's like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Let's just hit on this because this came up. And I think that's really interesting because I definitely think that um, over the last 10 years, like different genre or subgenres have like rose in prop popularity and then have kind of plummeted like new metal, which is like the, the definitely the genre that flashback is tied to like had this huge, like, uh, awareness and now has like it it might not be the most popular thing in the mix um as far as like mainstream music is concerned but like not going even that far back in time like Limbiscuit was on the radio and on every tv and just like all these different things and now um like you're saying like how kids are consuming music is through things like tiktok and social media and like bands and artists are getting big off of that so i think that is just it's like i think it's crazy to watch the shift of the attention but it also is like sad to see where you know people are like oh i know this song um but i have no idea who the band is yeah it, it's wild because now i do notice a lot more kids just kind of say that they listen to anything and it's because like like tiktok or like the internet in general is just kind of pumping them like everything and so it really is for a lot of these kids like uh yeah just like whatever song i think sounds sick is cool yeah. like and then like you know what i mean like i feel like like they're like this is probably like still happening like i'm not that far removed or whatever from like that shit but it's like i feel like um like it used to be so much more of a thing to like build your identity around like what music you were listening to or like what music you're into mm. yeah and yeah, that's yeah. not seemingly as much of a thing anymore it's just kind of like people are themselves and then they listen to like such a wild like combo of music mm. yeah that's Where actually a huge huge point um it's just like you know when i was like going and getting into music and it was like listening to the my chemical romances and like uh red jumpsuit apparatus or anything like that it was like oh like 
these this is what these um these artists look like and this is how I want to express myself as well and that you know and that's no different than someone that listens to you know um like Mudvayne or any like traditional like uh new metal band and they want to wear baggy pants and like striped shirts and like shit like that um or or even like let's get out of outside of heavy music even if someone listens to like folk music or like something like that maybe they want to kind of like replicate that but yeah it is a little bit more um you know you could see someone that doesn't look like they listen to heavy music and they're like oh yeah i've seen comeback kid before or i know who tsunami is or whatever whatever like whatever comes out of their mouth the super wild one that's happening right now i've noticed on tiktok is like um sex tape by deftones is like a big tiktok song weirdly mm. for like the alt kids on tiktok like there's a lot of videos with sex tape by Deftones. I'm like, that's such a weird track for y'all to be latching onto. Right. But I also love it. That's sick. Like, yeah, like, I, I yeah. think um, it, it, it's funny that you bring that up as an example, because I think a lot of people get lost in this, like, there's a window of time of where people can discover your music or like, this is the time where I can get big. But you, like Fleetwood Mac was already like a huge band, but then it took like some dude like on his longboard like sipping ocean spray to like just make their song explode again so like some of that you can't even like write for like a sitcom if you know what i mean like it's just like so serendipitous of like different people taking it upon themselves so like yeah i'll just t make this video not expect anything and then the world is like yeah this is cool let's blow it up so i think that's cool you know it whether it's like something for my band or one of your bands to be like we could put something out and then in 20 years it explodes and maybe that band doesn't even exist anymore. Yeah, trust me, crack in the mirror is popping off in 2040. <laughs> yeah, there's going to be some kind of like uh, shortage of like house mirrors. And then people are like, you know what song would fit this whole <laughs> crisis that we're all in? Send it out. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, dude, it, it's pretty crazy. And like, you know, anyone listening, I don't want it anyone to get um to mix up my words as far as like i think it's cool for be for people to be able to discover things um through an avenue like tiktok or any kind of social media thing like you're seeing a lot of new people come into hardcore because of seeing you know like crazy like mosh videos or things like that and they're like and it, it intrigues them and for me i'm always thinking of the net overall benefit of that versus like trying to be some gatekeeping asshole to be like oh like this isn't like the true thing you need to be at a record store and pick up this record because like i think everyone I, th I think it's starting to become normalized that people can come into hardcore um in all these different avenues and ways and i think that's really healthy yeah yeah i'm all about it i love like the way the internet is like showing people music at like an alarming rate totally um, it's uh yeah it's cool i just like really love observing how that's happening mm -hmm. um so and it's happening so fast too like even compared to like like five years ago or whatever yeah it's like yeah shit like tiktok is just taking the music world and giving it one of those <laughs> <laughs> yeah shaking it up um so let's let's chat about flashback a little bit um you know when i had nathan on I think we talked briefly about flashback and, you know, like, I think we focused a little bit more on the stepping stone stuff. So maybe you can kind of, um, take us behind the scenes of like maybe the origin of that band and the idea of it. And like, you know, the, 
it, it it's funny there's almost like two eras as far as like the the ep and then like where you guys are at now so you know walk me through some of those things yeah so like that band would have started like very end of 2018 um i was in frozen i had just started jamming frozen yes um and like getting to like know those guys um and before that i was like fucking in death metal world for like my whole music life and oh, just like okay um yeah started started playing frozen and then got to know like tristan and then tristan started jamming with troy who was original like, drummer like of flashback yeah 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 og flashback drummer and like me and him played in our death metal band together like all through high school and shit got you and okay. then tristan and troy started jamming and then um troy was like yeah, you should come jam with us sometime or whatever, like just to have another guitar. And then out of nowhere, there was a group chat and Nate was in there and everything. Um, and uh, yeah, we started jamming and it was just like a bunch of riffs that Tristan had. And like we like me and Troy, like still didn't know like shit all about hardcore. You know what I mean? Like to us, hardcore was full of hell. You know what I mean? Sure. Like, that's yeah. what, you know like just be like we were like yeah that's hardcore because they like kind of played shows like that sometimes i guess maybe yeah. like but so like yeah we were jamming these like tristan riffs and trying to find any way to put a blast beat in there and they're like not having it but um yeah it was like very like now that i like kind of know the influences now like a lot of like leeway or like um higher power was like pretty big mm. for tristan at that time i think and like um yeah, just kind of going for like that, I don't know, like fun, like almost like rock influenced vibe, I guess. Yeah, totally. Um, There's definitely like groove and like kind of that, um, you know, it doesn't need to be, it can be hard, but like maybe the vocals don't need to be like, it could just be more like fun. So yeah, higher power, like I I hear that influence um, clear as day. Big time, yeah. And like, um, yeah, it was like super like groove heavy and that like those vocals, um, that's like what made us realize that we should start doing a new metal thing. Like, cause at first it was just like these like riffs. Right. Mm -hmm. And then we like had gone through a couple vocalists and Nate was on bass originally. Um, Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Yeah. Interesting. And then, yeah. and then we got to the point where we were like, we're just going to find a bassist and Nate's going to do vocals. And then Nate just started doing like the Fred Durst, like, like over there, like every line. And that alone made us be like, man, this is kind of like new metal vibes. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I remember at first, like before we dropped the first EP, Nate was like, should we start promoting this as a full new metal band? And at that time I was like, still very like, Meh, like new metal, you know, like, Cause I was like, I was so fucking like death metal, dude. You know what I mean? Like, totally. yeah, yeah. and so I was like, no way. Like that, that's too much. Like it's, it's still hardcore or whatever. Um, but then like, yeah, went through that like era of like sound asleep with like that vibe. And then, um, Troy moved away. So he exited the band and then we, we got Ross involved oh, okay fuck sorry so we also like had samples and shit in sound asleep which is like a new thing mm. you know what i mean like yeah, yeah. for any of our fans was like having these like super like electronic industrial like intros mm. in some of the songs you know um and we had been like kind of playing those with like a loop pedal before 
but then we knew that like for the newer stuff we wanted to like get the samples going like way harder right mm. so that's what emma came in we we're like let's get emma to like play the samples and like maybe like do some like dj scratching and shit right and then and then we got ross in on drums and then um kieran our current bassist like they all came in at like pretty much the exact same time mm -hmm. um and then like once we like had this like element of like a sampleist slash a dj mm -hmm. That was like full committing into like new metal world. Um, yeah, absolutely. Like once you have someone that's strictly on the turntables, like you know, there's no turning back. Pun intended. Then you know. Yeah, and that's like the most like major thing that's like happened for us. Like that opens up like a whole other world of like things we can be doing mm -hmm. musically. Those two songs we put out last year was just like kind of us like tapping into that a bit of like trying out some samples and like some scratching and stuff. Like there's like electronic drums happening and shit. Um, and then I don't know, like now that we like access that, that allows us to like fully go into like keyboards and like, like a whole other like soundscape happening, like behind these riffs. And that's kind of like what makes it so new metal. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Because the riffs, like, if these riffs were just kind of, like, standing on their own, then, like, it could still probably pass as, like, a hardcore band. You know, yeah. or, like, like, a heavy band. But, the like, the, yeah, like, the scratching and, like, like whatever, like, programmed, like, sampled drums and stuff. Like, that's kind of what takes it to that other place. Yeah, um, I, I, I think you're right. Like, certain subtleties can really steer the ship in a certain direction. Like, if you took um, the EP, Sound Asleep, and, like, removed any of, like, the electronic stuff and just had like the raw guitars and drums and bass and even like changing up the vocal style like maybe nathan like maybe there's a version where it's just like hardcore vocals yeah it's a hardcore band but the fact even just that subtle kind of change it's like yeah i guess like this is a a version of new metal maybe it's like more i i think we talked about this on our live stream where there's like all these like new metal is a big umbrella term but you have like the different variations of like borderline alternative rock music but it still has new metal vibes and then you have like the slipknots and mud veins and disturbs and all that so i think it was like really cool to see you guys put out that two song um kind of sampler and kind of showcase like hey this is we're like um unapod unapologetically going in the in this direction and y'all can stick around if you want but you know and especially with this new release that's coming out it's like so apparent that you guys are like digging your heels into that sound yeah like well yeah we did that two songs originally because we were going to be going on tour and we wanted to have like two songs out with the new vibe for that tour yeah um and then because also like a big thing that like kind of pinpoints it as a new metal band is like the visual aesthetic you know what mm -hmm. i mean like like we started dressing way more fucked like <laughs> just to kind of like push that you know what i mean like the album cover for North American new metal is off the rails. And like, that's, that's what's like really driving home this new metal as well as like, um, yeah, like the visual switch up. And so like, we wanted to like have that out to be like, this is the vibe, like aesthetically, like sonically, like this is totally where we're going, you know? Mm. And then, yeah, this new stuff, we just like cranked that as hard as we could. Yeah. For real. Um, so, you know, I, I, you know, you kind of uh, mentioned the the full lineup that uh, you guys have, and I think um, maybe it's just a, a Slipknot ism, but it's like the more members you have, the more like you, you get compared in that realm. So I guess a, a question I have was, 
what is the best and worst thing about having six members in band versus having three, four, or five? Because I feel like that's very unconventional as far as like the the majority of bands that play in our space. Yeah, that's true. Well, it's going to suck when we go on tour and there's way less band space, for sure. Right. Um, but that's also going to make it sicker because then there's way more friends to like hang with, you know? Totally. Um, there, yeah, I don't know. Like, it's just like way more of like a, like, like keeping that democratic process up. Like there's just like, you got to make sure there's like more people that are down with everything. And like, um, and then it's like super hard, like over like the pandemic, like, um, because like maybe you're not seeing certain members as much as other members. And so like, um, like, I don't know, like me, Nate and Emma, like we're scheming like so much shit, you know what I mean? But like maybe like having not seen the other folks as much, like sometimes you forget that like you haven't discussed certain things yeah. and like, so like you're like trying to like not leave people behind on mm. like the um, five, I guess. But like, um, yeah, like it's not totally different, I guess, than like any like four piece or five piece band I've been in. Um, yeah, it's just one other element. Yeah. Um, bit more crammed on stage, I guess. But the, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and maybe that's a, a good segue. Uh, you know, I think with any hardcore band, um, I think there's a pride in the simplicity of like being able to like have a, you have your, your amp, you have a cable that goes in and you have a guitar and that's kind of it. Like there's no, like, you know, there, there's people that pride themselves in that very simplistic kind of setup. And I feel like with what you guys do, it makes sense to have, you know, pedals, backtracks, computers running, like all these things. And that like helps create a better product in the music setting. Um, but you know, that always kind of navigates where it's like, every one thing you add is a, is uh, an added risk of, you know, shit hitting the fan or, you know, something like that. Like if you have, if you have a tuner pedal, that's one thing, but if you have 20 pedals, then you're like, Oh, which one is the one that's, that's faulting. So I'm kind of curious on like how you guys are, are trying to navigate that and, and have that balance of like, yes, we could have a way better live show product with all these things in the mix, but does that add a level of anxiety for you? with the amount of gear that's on stage and, um, the possibility of, uh, things going awry. Yeah. Like, um, that's still something that we like have to figure out cause we haven't been able to like tour with this lineup yet. Sorry. We've only, we've only played like one actual show as flashback currently is. Mm. Um, and so it's still something that we got to like troubleshoot, but like, um, yeah, like something that, uh, we've kind of like, um, had to like work through is like in a, in a lot of like the new stuff during like the verses or whatever there's like sample drums and stuff happening in the background in behind Ross's actual drums and stuff right mm. and it, like originally we were trying to like play those samples at the same time uh, but then like so we've had to consider like okay well if we're on tour and we're playing a show where like you know we don't have that many monitors or like um yeah, like, just, like, the sound rig, like, isn't, like, necessarily set up for that. Like, we don't want to run the risk of Ross not being able to hear the sample or something, right? Or, like, and then, like, it, like, derailing the operation because, like, we can't hear that stuff. Mm. So we've, like, really, like, changed things now to be, like, like, picking and choosing what elements are going to make it into the live set and which ones aren't. Mm -hmm. And making everything as, like, playable as possible in terms of the samples and stuff. Yeah. Um, 
because like yeah that's like the biggest issue that we run into is like you know the guitars are always going to have an amp the drums are always going to be there whatever but it's like how are we going to like run these samples um on a like night-to-night basis Mm -hmm. you know and maybe one day like um we can like kind of like upgrade to like an in-ear monitor system or whatever and like get the samples like coming through but for now like um like we gotta like strip it back almost just to like make sure that we can get everything that like needs to be there like heard um and then like maybe some of like the less known elements can like just go away yeah yeah and i only ask that because i think like um the style that you guys play if you're playing like a huge festival with like thousands of people huge pro audio setup sound guy who's like on point because it's like one of his biggest jobs of the year um you guys aren't going to be playing those shows at at least at the very beginning uh, until you kind of work your way up to those you're going to be playing the you know the bar shows or like the 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 venue with like the bad sound guy or whatever it is so like it's a little easier to maneuver some of those things when you have a very simplistic setup um but yeah that's just something i've uh i've been curious of because like yeah like the last thing that anyone wants is like oh like we can't like like I remember I filmed a band at a Northern Alliance Fest that just happened in uh, California and one of the bands was like playing the second stage and they didn't have access to their backtracks and samples and all that but they still put on a badass show just with like a very authentic and kind of raw kind of deathcore kind of sound. So it was a treat for me to kind of see that version versus like maybe what they would have ideally liked to played with. Yeah. And yeah that's something that we're like still going to have to figure out. Like we'll see after the first tour, like what we got to change and Mm -hmm. like what issues we're going to encounter with that. Um, but I love that shit. That's my like favorite stuff to try to navigate, I guess. So like, um, yeah, it'll be cool. And like, it'll pay off. Cause like, um, yeah, I think that just like takes our live show like to a way different place than it would be without it, you Mm -hmm. know? So, um, you know, as, as far as the time of recording this, um, you know, depending on when we re- release this, there might be more music videos that are out or like, you know, if someone's watching this in a year and you guys are doing other things, um, you guys put out a video for Cracks in the Mirror um, that had a lot of nostalgia. It had a lot of Easter eggs and references. Um, so I thought that was like a really strong, like, debut like the the two song promo didn't have any visual ties to it but this was like hey this is what this is what flashback flashback looks like and feels like when you see it live so i feel like that's a great primer for the um uh the tour that's coming up but like i'm curious if you have any specific like easter eggs or like little things that you wanted to reference in the video like okay let's make sure we put the can of this or like this little thing in the corner um because there was honestly so many to to pick from yeah there there's a lot of stuff um yeah i mean like tristan showed up with like the most expansive vhs collection i've ever seen and like every single vhs in that video is tristan's and there's like a hundred of them it was crazy wow Wow. um there is a bunch yeah basically like everyone pulled up with like their items and we just like decked it but like one of the items that we thought was really funny for some reason was there's like a immolation poster in the background oh okay Um, but it's like it's like a two-sided poster and on the one side it has the logo and then like it's from like the here and after album um but on the other side it's just the album art and so then we were like i don't know why but this is like funny that we're riding for immolation so hard it was like a big ass poster um (laughs) there's 
if I'm like thinking about my own little like corner, there was, there was, I was trying to set this up in like such a way. And like, <laughs> Emma was like not having it. And we like, I was like, no, like, let me do this. She's like, no. And I was like, okay, fine. But I had on my amp, a copy of a book version of star Wars, the phantom menace, like, like the, not gra- like the novel of it sure and yeah. then decided yeah. i had capitalist realism by mark fisher and i was like this is just like a funny combo and i want these to be sitting beside each other right and i was yeah so but those if you look in my amp like you can kind of see those like buried in there cool uh oh another cool. sick easter egg actually i have it here um oh i love so like, and, you know show and tell for yeah. the podcast it's important yeah I put out a single for my solo project in February and like the like visuals around that were like surrounding this like camera. So I like, I stuffed that in the video too, to like oh, tie like cool. okay. worlds of lava lamp and flashback together. So like, yeah. And like, even like the lava lamp, like that's in the video, like we're like, yo, like, you know what I mean? It's like <laughs> lava lamp and flashback. And um, what else is in there? That's funny. I don't know. There's a bunch of stuff. Yeah. We might, I, I thought about doing like a thing where it's like, okay, who can name the most items in this video? Like we'll give you merch or something. If you can, them yeah, most. watch it at like 0.25 speed and just like have a note and just like, Oh, okay. This N64 game. Oh, this poster, this little like nostalgia piece of apparel like, or whatever it is. How specific you can get. Like I want exact titles of like every VHS that was on that floor. Absolutely. And, like, tell me the exact size of the basketball that was there. Like, you know, <laughs> So um, yeah. I, I think a really funny, I don't know if it's a coincidence or you guys are purposely planning these things or you got some kind of backroom access. So um, this, the video like dropped, I would almost argue like maybe a week after the new Matrix trailer came out and there was like some clear um, references or inspiration that came from the Matrix, like with the uh, the two girls that are coming in and like... Um, like it's almost like a 50 50 of matrix and blade as far as like you know the whole (laughs) vampire aesthetic as well so you know and even when uh you and nathan came on um to do our bonus podcast it was like the the day that we dropped the session was on like the 25th anniversary of hybrid theory so there's all these like new metal coincidences um with your guys's uh stuff but you know like how do you like pull those inspirations from versus like, Hey, are we like pulling too much here? Or like, wh- what are your thoughts? Where's the line as far as like, like where are we putting our mark versus just like pulling from other things? Man, I don't know where the line is. We keep, there is some things, especially on the record where I'm like, this might be a little too fucking close. <laughs> <laughs> but Like, yeah, like, it's kind of, like, to me, like, the whole point of the band, like, aesthetically is, like, we're so obviously referencing a point in pop culture, like, you know what I mean? We're not, like, claiming a lot of these ideas to be original, necessarily. Totally. Like, it's, like, that, the scene in the video where we're, like, in the wires and stuff, like, we we refer to that as being in the Matrix, you know what I mean? Like, totally. it's, yeah. it's just the Matrix, like, all this stuff, like, the whole point of it is like just like really uh like tipping the hat to like the era that we grew up in you mm. know what i mean it's yeah i don't know it's just kind of like full circle of like like people 
our age who like grew up in the early 2000s like we're fucking making this music now and it's gonna be like referencing this stuff in the same way that like you know whatever in like the early like 2010s or whatever like people would be referencing like folk music from the 70s or something like that like totally type of shit or that that mathematically timeline that i just dropped is so wrong but like (laughs) (laughs) you know like but yeah like i think like we know what we're doing in terms of like what we're referencing it's not like we're trying to like claim that we came up with some like sick shit like it's like so i mean like dude the vampire in the video is wearing that like green eye thing from whatever show that is i'm not familiar with the show but like i've seen it you know what i mean like i thought that was like the luke skywalker thing when he's blowing up the death star it's man i don't even want to like try to pretend i know what the show (laughs) is called but it's like it's from like a show and Mm. it like it's just like something that a character wears like it's a toy yeah (laughs) you know it's like so like quite obvious like tongue-in-cheekness yeah um Um, i i I do want to use um you know all the stuff that we're talking about to for a perfect segue to my next question but um since we're talking about the music video was it like in the pre-pro um with tandem where you guys were like should we all like like should multiple people like just change like hairstyles like should we dye our 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 hairs on different shoot days or like was that just like an afterthought I think it was like something where like I wanted to dye my hair again because I I had dyed hair the summer before and then it all like grew back and I was like, hey, I got to get back on my like dyed game. (laughs) Um, And then I was like, well, this is going to perfectly time with the video. And then like once we had the concept of like the like vampire or like the bedroom scene and in the Matrix, Mm. I was like, okay, well, I'm going to wait to dye my hair until perfectly in between those two weeks. And then, yeah, like, Nathan and Emma just both were also like, yeah, we're going to commit to dying. Our-. And it just then it became a thing. But, like, I think it wasn't an idea until, like, a couple weeks before, mm. if I'm correctly. I got you. But it was so perfect. Like, we just kind of, like, went and made that happen. Yeah. Because like, I think Eric. with a, a music video of that caliber, it felt like, you know, it was perfectly lined out in a movie sense. And it actually immersed me with, like, this isn't just a hard cut into some other location. It's like they're in the matrix with all like the, you know, the different chains and the different hairstyles and, and all of that. So I thought you guys did a bang up job of that. Um, but you were mentioning just like you're doing all these things musically that are clearly inspired by a certain time period that, you know, you guys were growing up, that I was growing up, that a lot of people that you think are going to be listening to your stuff grew up in. So it kind of begs the question for me, do you think like people that are starting bands now aren't tapping into those influences as much as they should? Because I do see a lot of bands, you know, look at whatever is the hot topic or hot genre to play. It's like, okay, I got to write down the, you know, I got to, I got to be in a beat down band because that's what's like really hot right now. I got to be in a metalcore band or I need to like do the youth crew stuff or whatever it is. So like for me, um, the band that I play in right now, I've like really done that same thing where it's like, I want to write the music that I want and I want to be able to reference like, you know, different things, whether it's like a pop culture thing, a video game thing, either in a lyric, either in a song name, a sample, whatever it is. And that has not only given me the most amount of joy, but also um, has resonated with the most amount of people. So I'm curious on where your thoughts are at as far as like, um, the music that you guys are doing and how you feel like that's actually 
like what that does for you personally, but the, the people that you're trying to reach as well. Like, um, that's like the most important part of songwriting to me is like, um, you gotta understand that you are never going to write a riff that is totally original. You know what I mean? Like it's not going to happen. And like, no matter what kind of music you're making, like you're not going to have an idea that's never been heard before. Mm. And so it's like, so important to like wear your influences on your sleeve and like, like understand that, like what, like you're referencing, it's like you're combining things that haven't been traditionally heard together and that's what's pushing your music forward mm-hmm. is like taking two ideas that have already been presented and like, like putting them together and making them like, you know what I mean? And like that gives something for people to like latch onto when they hear it. You know what I mean? Like um, you think about like, uh, like, I don't know, like whatever pop, like um, whatever, like fucking Kid Leroy, Justin Bieber song the that's out right now. You know what I mean? Like that song is so like, set or like 80s like synth dance music you know what i mean and like people like can hear like that synth line and just like what's happening in that song and like they latch onto that and that's why that song is so popular you mm. know what i mean and like with like flashback it's like okay like you're hearing this drum intro that is lincoln park as fuck and like you're latching onto that because it's like referencing something but then like t- bringing like new ideas to the table of like a clear influence um, totally yeah like yeah, that's just like so important for um, music to me is like uh, doing something that people are familiar with um, so that they can like already kind of like it and then like and then do something that like switches that up that shocks someone. And that's, you know what I mean? What makes it sound like original? Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think that's a great answer. And I think being able to like, like you said, it's not like you sitting in a room and looking at everything that's been done musically or creatively and being like, these two things together. And now that's my thing. It's like, it's in the trenches of like, being with your guitar, or being on your drums or being with your pen and paper for lyrics and like, just creating and like doing stuff because you, you know, like, um, like there's a song that I'm working on that's like tentatively titled bullet because I was listening to like a ton of bullet for my Valentine. And I was like really obsessed with this one riff. Uh, and I was like, I want to try and write something like that. And then that became is becoming this new song that I'm working on. And my band, in my opinion, it doesn't sound like anything like bullet for my Valentine, but I think being able to, again, like, you know, you hear something from, it doesn't even need to be in the same lane as, um, a subgenre that you're trying to, to play within. But even if you listen to a pop song and you're like, okay, how can I take a beat like that and like put into this? Like I've heard hardcore songs that have like a, like, um, uh, like a reggae, like ding, ding, like stuff like that, that you can't, it doesn't make sense on paper, but when you hear it, you're like, I hate that this works. If <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> well, that's like, like stuff like that is like what makes that new turnstile record. So cool. is totally. like, like they're taking like turnstile riffs and then like adding in like little like drum beats that come from like other types of music. And that it just like makes it interesting. Um, yeah. And like, yeah, like touching on like, you know, like you have like this idea that you want to like write something that sounds like a bullet for my Valentine riff and it doesn't like most of the time, like, yeah, when you have an idea of like a song that you like want to like, or like a part that you want your band to have that you're like getting inspo from, from like another band, like it, almost never ends up sounding exactly like that anyways. Yeah, because you're throwing your own spin on it. 
yeah, it ends up like somewhere else. Anytime, anytime I like sit down and be like, Hey, I want to have a song that sounds like this part or whatever. Like by the end of it, it's like in a whole other spot than like whatever intended thing it had. Yeah, totally. And yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's just so funny to be able to like hear stuff and then like, like you said, like pull that inspiration and create your own thing. Cause yeah, like some people are like, you know, it goes, it goes both ways. I'm sure some, someone who is not within hardcore heavy music can listen to a turnstile song and be like, Oh, I really like this. And then they like create the, like the next big song with Justin Bieber or whatever it is, you know, like it all, it's all connected. It's all connected in this music matrix that we're all in. Um, as far as like the, um, the process of you guys doing all these new songs that are coming out, um, it, it, does it come from like one initial like riff idea that you're bringing to the table or is it like kind of, um, because there's so many things in the mix, it could be like Emma's coming with like kind of a scratchy thing that she wants to do. And then it's like, oh yeah, like let's, let's play on that. Let me build a riff around that. Like is, does it have a clear A to B process or is it kind of all over the place? Um, it used to be more like that, I'd say, like with some of the earlier stuff, it was like, uh, bringing like a slate of wrists to the table and like fleshing them out together. Mm -hmm. But now like, um, like the way I write, like, so like, okay, crack in the mirror, like that's one that I wrote. Um, the song that you hear now is basically exactly what the demo was that I sent to the band. You know what I mean? Like before I show the band anything, I have to have like an almost full like produced demo with like everything happening. Because if I, if I like, like if I sit like Tristan and Nate down with like that, like one riff in the song where it's just like a chord happening, you know what I mean? And no drums or anything. They're going to be like, okay, like, cool. That's a guitar. But if I like send like a full fleshed out demo with like the, the synths and like the, electronic drums and stuff then like the idea gets across to the band and then we can work on it together like further Mm. um so the process like lately has been a lot of like me and tristan like because we're we're both really into like producing Mm. um so like we're just like in our own like labs and like putting together like ideas for like parts and stuff and then presenting it to each other um and then making changes like after that Mm. um but yeah, it's very like the band is really like uh, production heavy now. And so like it almost like when you bring in a, like a new song to the table, it has to have that production in it almost to get the point across, like what we're trying to accomplish. Yeah, totally. And yeah. like all the, all the songs that I would have done on this record are like, like I like fully demoed the song before anyone heard it. Mm. Um, yeah. And then a couple of them weren't like that. But yeah. Yeah, like I listened to everything for the first time, like front to back, um, before we were jumping on the call here. And like, I think there's a lot of variety there. So I think, you know, you have like the more traditional corn, like heavy guitar riff, uh, new metal songs, but then you have the songs that are a little bit more, um, I, one of the terms that you, you use on our, um, on the bonus podcast was like buttery choruses, like having those really nice sing along parts and things like that. So was that intentional to show the, the vastness of where you guys are willing to go um, versus being like, Hey, I know you might not like, I know you like new metal, but like this might seem a little, little weird, but we do have heavy guitars. Like, was it important to you to like set a, uh, like to, to put your chips on enough little uh, places, 
I guess if that makes sense. Not just in I one s- basket. That's what I was this trying to say. Around, it just like kind of ended up happening that way, like because these songs just kind of like got slowly compiled over like a, a couple of years. Like the first track on the record is like two and a half years old at this point, mm. um, and like, uh, yeah, like we we just like know that like we want like certain types of parts. Like we want just an absolutely massive chorus or whatever. Like. Um, but yeah, it just kind of like happened that way this time around. I think next time it's going to be a bit more intentional on like what bases we're trying to cover. Um, but yeah, I think that variety probably just came from like how long it took to write all these songs. Mm. And so it came from like such a patchwork of like different eras of our lives that totally. Yeah. Um, yeah. That took it to those places, but yeah. 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 Um, I, I love being able to say things on the podcast that I can reference, you know, f- like a year from now, five years from now, because um, I really think that, you know, this band has some legs and I hope that you guys really go far with it. So I'm curious, what is your dream new metal-esque sponsorship that you would love either for yourself or the entire band? Where's your mind go with that? um shit i mean well like red bull hit me up like like hit you up no 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 i'm saying like red bull do it like hit me oh okay i was like yo if you got a plug to red bull you gotta let (laughs) your bev guy know no god (laughs) red bull would be sick fucking i don't know shit what do i need to be more new metal uh because that could go to apparel that could go to like some video game collab like you know the sky's the limit is you know as far as yeah. what we want to do yeah i mean like if the matrix wants to put us on the soundtrack for the movie like let's go i'm not opposed um or like i don't know like dickies like, that'd be nice i could use some adidas like yeah any of that shit like i'm fully in for um Jenko, like <laughs> obviously <laughs> um yeah like if uh whatever turntable company like wants to hook emma up with like a bunch of shit like i i feel like out of any musical like gear wise sponsorship turntable should be first even if you were hit up by you know all these guitar companies or drum companies or whatever it'd be like we won't say anything until emma's got her signature turntable set up yeah oh my god the dj new signature turntable i can't even imagine yeah that'll happen one day i'd like to see that what do you think would be custom on the signature flashback dj turntable like would there be a certain switch to make a certain effect or there's like a like a kill switch like i'm i'm kind of curious on what you think is like a signature thing that would need to be added i'd have to ask emma but I mean, like, I don't know, knowing Emma, like, it'd probably just be like a cup holder or something. Like, she's always <laughs> slamming an IPA. So, like, probably just something to hold your beer. <laughs> like, yeah. Do you, do you feel but comfortable sure. to, to call her on the podcast and ask her? Should I? You, yeah, fuck it. Okay, that'd be funny. Speakerphone that bitch. <laughs> we, we all need to hear um, this. We need to see if our hypothesis is correct. Oh god, I hope she answers. Yeah. This bit like won't be funny if she doesn't pick up. 
like a button on the turntable that just like emits smoke or something Ooh, like a smoke machine on the turn oh interesting okay i'm gonna call her <laughs> this is the first time ever i've asked someone to call someone on the podcast so <laughs> I, i'm all about this <laughs> Oh, please pick up. No, please. It's devastating. (laughs) Every turntable company is like, well, we're not going to sponsor someone who doesn't pick up the phone. I'm not leaving a message. Damn. Well, I'll text her and say, please call ASAP. <laughs> this is the most <laughs> urgent thing in the band. It's so important. Yeah, we'll, we'll have to see. I do like the, the idea that there's just a smoke machine built in to this like piece of gear that just smoke <laughs> comes out of it. Yeah, or like lasers or some shit. Like, mm. But yeah, that's... That's Emma's wheelhouse. I'm I'm curious as to what she would say. Yeah, um, is that something that you guys are thinking about for these uh, shows that you're going to be playing? Um, just as far as like having things like lasers and smoke, or do you want to keep it pretty, uh, pretty simple? Or or where's your what's the what's the game plan as far as the the live show is concerned? Um, like for for tour, um, no, like just because we're going to be playing shows with like a lot of bands and like. You know what I mean? Like we're not headlining really or anything. Like, right. Well, like when we do play Regina again. Um, oh, she's calling me. Oh yes. Okay, let's go. Yo. Hello. What's up? Okay, I'm on a podcast currently. Yes. And we need to know what items would be on your signature turntable if you if you had a signature turntable setup. Like, what do you mean by items? Like, like brands? No, like, just, like, what features are on your signature turntable? Like, what makes it custom for her? Like, what makes your custom turntable a custom turntable? Like, I said you would probably have a cup holder on there for your beer. Oh, for me, myself, like, fun things. Yeah, like, DJ New signature turntable. What's going on there? Yeah, okay, so definitely, I would definitely have a cup, cup holder, um... I would maybe have like oh a cup holder for sure. Oh fuck, some fun lights that I can just like you know. <laughs> yeah. Um um maybe like like a little pull out closet that I could like store some <laughs> jackets. You know, like underneath and pull it out. And a full like, jacket? Yeah, just some fun jackets that I can switch throughout the set. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, honestly, a min- just like a mini fridge underneath. <laughs> Not the cup holder, I have a mini fridge. Oh, that's so badass. Right? This Definitely. is the biggest turntable setup I've ever heard of. And some dry shampoo. Some dry some shampoo. Dry shampoo? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Okay. Yeah, so true. Respect. We had pretty yeah. similar answers. I said cup holder, and I also said like lights slash lasers. Yeah, lasers. Yeah, 
lasers. Lasers are a really good call. Let's see if I can have, like, a mini fog machine. That's what I said! Yeah! yeah. <laughs> That's what you yeah. said! Really. Yeah. Wow. I yeah. love it. Maybe, like, a big button that's gonna, like, create some noise and then the other band members could come up and press it anytime they wanted to. You know? <laughs> you know what you mean? Yeah. Just a massive button for just noise. a massive button that's just push here and then the other members of the band could come and push it there or, like, kick it or something, you know? What's the noise? I don't know. We figured that out every set. Okay. I love it. Or I preload it and I surprise the boys. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Yeah, I think so. But, um, yeah, does that, does that answer the question? Fully, yeah. Yes. Okay, sick. Okay. Thank well, you, thank Emma. You. <laughs> yeah. No, thank you so much. Um, I'm going to go return to work now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> <Awesome. Kay. laughs> yeah, no, great. See you later. Um, well, okay, you weren't off. The first thing she said was cup holder. So you were bang on uh, yeah. for that. And then she did say smoke machine. I don't understand the um, closet and mini fridge <laughs> underneath. Dude, just to have a jacket? <laughs> like, if, if you're a prod, uh, product designer, if you could just draft that for me and email it, like... <laughs> Just so I could see how that, like, I'm just trying to envision how, like, there's probably more things attached to this turntable than turntable itself. Yeah. Oh, it's like a whole unit. Like, totally. It's a desk. Like, <laughs> oh. <laughs> Dude, that was, it was just like, she had answers prepped, ready to go. Yeah. So Korg, if you're listening, you know we, the design has already been laid out. Let's let's just make it happen. Oh my god! Like, yeah, really like a, <laughs> just please. We're gonna need extra jackets, right? <laughs> yes, everyone and Bev <laughs> and Bev's Bev's always. Um, so as far as because we're on the topic of ridiculous pieces of gear that tie to new metal, if there was like a new metal design or custom guitar that you would rock that had the emma level of ridiculousness <laughs> get me a guitar i don't think you could put a fridge in your guitar but you know you probably like, put one cooled drink that just like shoots out midpoint if i could get a guitar where the finish is just adidas track pants you know like <laughs> Like around the guitar is literal fabric on the body. Like, yeah. Or like it's just straight up denim. Like, <laughs> why hasn't that been done? I feel like it's the easiest thing. Just staple it on there. Yeah. And I feel like you would need to have those, um, kind of like wear all like the the 90s new metal chains that you wear on the side of your jeans they're just like on top of the guitar but that might be a little problematic when you're playing and he's just like trying to pick into all these chains it's a wallet chain yes yeah exactly what i mean yeah wow more it's more of like a hang on the wall as an art piece versus like i'm gonna play this live oh yeah no like probably so unplayable but 
It would be cool to use one of those chains, though, for a pick slide, because then it's like metal on metal versus guitar pick on metal. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, good idea. <laughs> I should start, start dragging chains across my strings. For yeah. Extra yeah. It's not a bad idea. No. <laughs> uh, I know when uh, you came on and we did that interview after the session, you were mentioning... Um, a huge must for anything flashback wise is having the course pedal on at all times. I'm curious on what kind of course pedal you actually use. Uh, or if that has changed since we did that interview or you've done a B testing, yeah. you know, what, what's the best course in the game right now, in your opinion? I'm trying to think it is like that on the record stuff. It's, um, so I use like the MXR analog chorus. Mm -hmm. Um, and Tristan does now too. Tristan That's the used like, to use like um, cobalt blue, five or six knobs. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah, I understand. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and Tristan used to use Boss choruses, and he had two of them. Um, <laughs> and like, like if you listen to Sound Asleep, like the guitar tone is so warbly because there's hella chorus on it. Um, I've and never like, heard of someone using two Boss pedals, dude. <laughs> yeah, such a power move. Like, I, I want to get another chorus that's specifically meant for, like, getting that super fucked, like, dissonant chorus sound. Sure. But then in terms of, like, a like for the tone, that MXR analog chorus, like, I don't know. It's just, it's super tame and, like, you can blend it in really well. Mm. Um, and it also has, like, a low and a high EQ on it. And so that, like, actually shapes my, like, high gain tone quite a bit. Like, um yeah, it's just like kind of like boosting certain things like through the chorus, like just EQ wise, which is sick. Um, but yeah, it's just like got like a nice like slow chorus versus like one that's like super gnarly, which those boss pedals kind of have. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's just that that was like from the beginning, just like chorus pedal always on like, um, yeah, like uh, inclination, I think sounds like they have chorus on their guitars and like that was probably an influence at the time and like i kind of um, think with the latest knocked loose record tyler brought over some of those chorusy kind of like clean sections that he did for kl into the inclination stuff because yeah, yeah it's it's so apparent on that record yeah, that's huge um and yeah it's just kind of like stayed for us like the whole time but we've like dialed it in a lot more to like not be like because before it was just like muddy it was like pretty muddy on that first record but now totally. it's like I, like like right now i'm literally trying to think if we have chorus pedal on the new record and i think we do but it's like that subtle now that um you don't like know that it's there yeah you guys aren't like um what a hm2 band is like for that pedal like where it's like so reliant on that like i think i i think i heard through the grapevine like i think nails is one of those bands that really popularized that like very like chainsaw kind of guitar tone and they were on tour and someone told me that they were like their pedal broke so the singer was like asking people through their facebook if someone had it and could bring it to the show because like it's not a common thing that you can just go pick up at long McQuaid or any guitar center or whatever like you have to kind of like source it out and like hold on to it um but yeah when you're able to kind of again like we were saying a little bit earlier in the conversation not be at the mercy of 
the guitar pedal that your band, your entire band is based around or, you know, a certain sample pad or whatever it is, like being able to be adaptive, especially in a live show where people are going to be moshing and jumping off of shit and just, you know, being able to be adaptive is, is so huge. We're like, Endgame was literally practicing last night and uh, Nick kicked through the bass drum and he played the rest of the set so we could practice it for our show with his like left foot because like the the right foot was like it just didn't go in so um yeah being adaptive especially for the types of shows that that we play is is Mm. paramount super and yeah now we're at the point where we don't need that chorus pedal necessarily like the show will go on Um, (laughs) totally but yeah but i mean really where where is any heavy band without distortion like what 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 are you gonna do if someone if someone switches you to your clean channel you're you're done for yeah clean (laughs) um so i think you know a couple more questions i have for you riley um what's up with um the wim hof breathing technique did i talk about that at some point I asked Nathan, I'm like, what's a curveball question that I can ask Riley? And he's <laughs> like, ask him about these breathing techniques. I'm like, I don't know shit about that, but. Okay, yeah. So I got. I explain got, what like, that is for anyone who's like, the fuck? Let me. Yeah, okay, fuck. So, very start of like COVID, like, it was like when COVID was ramping up, but we hadn't locked down yet. It was one of my last nights of teaching lessons in person. And one of my students, he's an adult student, he was like, you want to know how you're going to survive this thing? And I was like, sure. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and he starts telling me about this Wim Hof guy who like, um, he like had, he, they call him the ice man. And like, he like, he's, um, set world records for like sitting submerged in ice for like two fucking long. And like, he's like climbed Mount Kilimanjaro in his shorts and like, he like the like fuck? he just does a bunch of shit. And he gets like he gets like pretty not clothed, and then gets really cold for like a long time. Mm. And he has this like breathing technique where it's like, uh, you do like about like thirty like super big like <sighs> type breaths, right? Okay. And then and then you exhale and you hold your breath for like as long as you can, and then you inhale for like fifteen seconds, and then and then you repeat that like four or five times right Uh and um so like he's like pretty big on like it having like scientific like like he's like had tests done on him or whatever and being like yeah this is like a scientifically proven thing to like boost your immune system and like some of the stuff that he claims it does it's like a pretty big reach you know what i mean and like um but it's also like super sick and like i got really into it at the start of covid like it helped me with like anxiety and shit like just like calms you down quite a bit and you dude when you do it you're like fucking high it's crazy like your body is like fully you're like <laughs> it's, it's wild and then you like take a cold shower and you can like withstand it kind of and then if you want to get really serious you do this thing called like horse stance where you go like Ooh, ah, and like just like fucking like dude it's so stupid and like hippie bullshit you know um but like the breathing was like i haven't been doing it as of late but like um over the winter uh like i've gotten like really into rock climbing since uh covid started Mm. and um like after climbing like your body can 
like get pretty fucking sore and like scream at you. Um, and I found out like doing that breathing and then taking a cold shower, like helped with like recovering a lot quicker. Interesting. You know what I mean, um, yeah, I, I haven't been up to it as much lately, but I was like super into it for a sec there and like punishing everybody. I mean like, yo, you got to try this. But now like, yeah, I don't know. Like Wim Hof is a little crazy. Like, Spends too much time on Joe Rogan. He, he did the Jordan Peterson podcast and that kind of bummed me out. I was like, why, why are you on his podcast and shit? And like, um, but it's cool. Like it's, it's worth a try. You know what I mean? If you can like go into it and like try it. Well, um, the, the primer was so interesting. Cause it was like, a, when I heard breathing techniques, I thought, oh, it's maybe something to do with singing or vocals or things like that. And then you said that this dude introduced it through your your work, like at the at the music school. But it's like yeah. something totally for like more like like scientific and mental and like all these kind of things that are mixed together. So you it's know. not going to help you survive COVID. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, yeah. I was like, man, like this isn't going to stop the virus. You know what I mean? Like, it's going to make you feel pretty good and like calm you down quite a bit. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's nice. Like, I was pretty into that for a sec. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's just like such a weird thing. Like, you know, how you're gonna have like saying that before things actually lock down. It's like, you know, how you're gonna survive this thing? Breathing. And you're like, actually, yeah, yeah. maybe not. <laughs> Yeah, Maybe not breathing was, in other people's faces is the way to not transmit this um, viral disease. Yeah, and like when he said that to me, that already like lost me for a second. Sure, like, this is so from the rafters. But then I tried it, and I like especially like the first couple times trying it, like you get sent. It's crazy. Like, yeah, I was like high almost like Damn. your whole body just like tingles and like sometimes you just like get like a like tunnel like vortex in your vision and, so, like, so how long does this take like could we do it here now or does it take a, a long period of time like it I, takes a while yeah like i don't I want to have 20 minutes of this podcast be it's just breathing into yeah, the microphone no, it, it would take that long and like yeah you should like just like take some time like watch a couple internet videos He's got he's got one with Russell Brand that I didn't mind. Um, mm. That was cool, uh, but yeah, um, so yeah, like I said, like some of the stuff that he like promotes that it does, I'm like, yeah, you're stretching like a bit here. Sure, um, but yeah, I'd recommend like yeah, I don't know. Sometimes like stuff like that, like um, like mindfulness or like like doing breathing like that, like it's just like kind of nice, mm. you know. Especially when you're like trying to figure out your mental health shit and you like, you know are just like trying anything. Like sometimes little things like that just kind of help you a yeah. little bit. And that, that helped for a sec during COVID there. Um, yeah. I'm, um, I, I'm going to pivot a little bit here. I thought you saying you got into rock climbing a lot since COVID hit was interesting. Um, yeah. That's like, it shouldn't line up. Hey, um, well, especially living in Saskatchewan where there isn't, many rocks to climb like aside from going to an actual rock, rock climbing facility or gym or whatever um but it's not like if you live in fucking anywhere with mountains or like salt lake city or whatever so i'm kind of curious on you know again like uh, a, a really bump in new metal band from from regina maybe doesn't even make sense but like say, the same thing with your passion for rock climbing so i'm kind of curious what sparked that um my well like troy 
um, got really into rock climbing when he was in Montreal, like just climbing at the gym. Uh, and then, um, he came home, he came home for Christmas, like, uh, 2019 or whatever. And then he got our, our other like super close friend into it. And then I didn't go with them that time. But then, uh, when he came back, when the pandemic hit, um, there was a period where the gym, the climbing gym here was closed and then it reopened in like May or whatever. And they got me to come. Um, and then, yeah, I just got like super into that. Like there, I got just been climbing at like the Regina climbing center here, like quite a bit. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's like a nice activity to be into. And like, thankfully the gym like hasn't had to shut down really since. Um, and like my attendance has like kind of fluctuated with like, um, however bad like lockdown is. Um, but for the most part, that was like the only thing that I was doing during lockdown is like going to a gym and like social distancing super hard. Like it's kind of a little bit easy to do there. Like you don't have to be close to people. You can do it like pretty individually. Yeah. Um, Like mask up and stuff. And like, yeah, I got super into that going to the gym a bunch. And then I, uh, I finally like got to climb outside in the summer, like for a couple days, I went to Canmore. Um, oh cool yeah and uh, did some climbing there at like grassy lakes and shit cool yeah um and then yeah i took a couple months off recently and i just started it again and i yeah it's a nice little like workout to do yeah yeah because i feel like it's one of those things again we're kind of going back to like i want to try and tie it to music as just far as being adaptive like it is that like there's no one clear path when you're doing shit like that it's like okay, I think I can grab this and kind of do that. You're like, well, actually, that's not as secure. Like, I don't have as much of a grip on there. So, like, you're trying to navigate that as you go up and not – there's no one clear, like, A to B um, controlled path. So I think that uh, that's really interesting to be able to hear that that kind of uh, just sparked the interest. Um, expe- and especially in, like, an unconventional – I feel like maybe Saskatchewan just has that uh, – thing against it where it's like any interest feels unconventional because it's like a very kind of just flat and boring province and i speak and i say that with peace and love like being from manitoba where it's like pretty much the same thing out there (laughs) yeah like there's like a pretty cool little climbing community here like Hmm. a lot of cool climbing friends and it's sick that like we live at least somewhat close to alberta so like people from here just do huge trips to Alberta every summer. Yeah. Um, hmm. Or like BC. Um, yeah. And yeah, like going back to like what you were saying, but like, um, like adapt being like adaptive to it or whatever, like with rock climbing, like you try to grab the fucking thing and you're like, Oh, that's not good. Um, yeah. It's like totally like problem solving, which mm-hmm. is funny for me because I'm horrible at problem solving. And like when I, when I, go rock climbing like you know like there's people who are like staring at the road and being like okay hey, i'm gonna like do this and then, and then they like go and do it and me it's just like man i just gotta like try it a bunch of times and like fail and like just like like actually try it and then maybe i'll get it maybe i won't like figure it out but like i can't like uh preemptively like figure it out you know what i mean man mm. man if you want to if you want to apply that to life in like a crazy like metaphoric way like yeah i just go try it until I succeed, I guess. Totally. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm a firm believer of um, being trial by fire and learning lessons the hard way. And like, I feel like you learn more through your failures than your wins. 
that you can, and that will kind of propel you and get you closer to the things that you want to do. So I think putting yourself out there and being okay with failing, you know, falling off the wall or, you know, I, I, I know there's like a harness and someone's going to catch you and all that kind of stuff, but being, being in that spot where it's like you try something, maybe it doesn't land exactly how you want to, but that will teach you something to, uh, to apply to, for when you address it next time. So I love that kind of overall nice kind of, uh, uh, tie in to kind of, uh, start to, to end the episode here. Um, Riley, as, uh, as you might know, the last question I ask any podcast guest is a favorite mosh story that they would like to share on the show. So that could be literally anything that first comes to your mind. It could be something that happened to you, something that happened at a show you were playing, um, something that you were told, wh- wherever your mind goes, as far as moshing is yeah. concerned. Well, I don't mosh much, you know, like probably count on one hand the amount of times I've moshed, but my only good mosh story would be, uh, you can find this on scoped exposure. Um, uh, the stepping stone at wild rose 2019. Um, I, uh, yeah. So like frozen, frozen was the first band on the first day. Yeah. I remember that. You were literally right in front of me, dude. I I can't even, yeah, yeah, totally. Got my set out of the way early (laughs) and then it was fucking rock time. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, and then stepping stone played on the second day and they played at like four in the afternoon and like all day I was just absolutely mocking AGDs and like getting revved up. You know what I mean? (laughs) And that day yeah i it was my first hardcore fest so like i'd never like really like experienced moshing like that before like at, at that scale yeah like well like yeah my only familiarity with like moshing would just be like death metal fucking like circle pits or whatever yeah you know what not I mean? like I, oh watch out for that guy he'll fuck you up yeah yeah no. i like hadn't been like involved with like hardcore dancing or like moshing at all <laughs> so like at by the time stepping stone played i was like you know, a little like, and <laughs> fucking, I was wearing this like triple X button up shirt with like short shorts, like just looking like an absolute work hazard, you know? And like the start of the set, like I'm sitting at the front of the stage with like a beer in one hand and then like just up in Brett's face like this, like, you know, and like someone came and like cleared me from the front, you know? And then, like, the whole time, I'm just, like, an absolute demon, like, just spinning around and, like, trying to two-step and not knowing how to do shit and, like, just getting all low. And then, like, I remember, like, the video was, like, on IG stories, like, that night. And I just, like, like, it wasn't, like, pointing out at me, but it just, like, happened to be something that someone posted. And there's a clip where I'm just, like, literally, like, doing one of these, like, through the pit, just, like, kind of, like lumping through it and then some person is moshing and swings around and just like clocks me so fucking hard in the head like they're just like spinning or something and their head like got me in the head so hard and like the video is so funny because i'm just like kind of like creepy crawling my way through the pit and then just get absolutely dieseled by someone (laughs) and then that was the end of my mosh for life like yeah you're like and for those reasons i'm out like it's over. Yeah. But it's, dude, it's on your channel. I swear. It's like from like that back camera angle that you guys have. Oh, the two stage camera? Yeah. Yeah. 
That was Jordan, who's in the call. Shout out to Jordan and the two-stage camera. He yeah. manned that the entire weekend. Dude, yeah, you can... Uh, that was a different Riley. In that <laughs> for, for all reasons that are positive, that was not me. I um, love that. I love that yeah. you kind of tied it into like a scoped video and uh, yeah, and all those things. So I have to I'll have to go check it out once we're off the call here. But um, dude, this has been right striped shirt, like absolutely not supposed to be in the pit. <laughs> dude, this has been such a fun chat. I think we've hit on everything. Um, you know from like the new metal fun stuff to like some of the more like why behind like making music that, um, that you fuck with and resonate and not for anyone else. Um, all of the flashback links and your stuff is all going to be in the show notes in the description of the video. But if there's anything that you want to end the, uh, end the show on or send the people off with the floor is yours. Um, yeah. Uh, wide awake by flashback comes out. October 1st. It might probably will be out by the time this episode. I'll probably uh, put it out either just before or just after. It'll be very uh, close to it. It's fucking sick. Go and listen to it if it's out already. Thanks. Yeah, super proud of that EP and like what the team accomplished. So um, yeah, check that out when it drops. Uh, yeah, and then like, I don't know, Frozen is working pretty hard on music. So like that'll oh, be sick. coming. Um, so like yeah stay aware for that um i make music under a project called love lamp if you're down for like some like indie pop shit um i got an ep for that that'll be like ready to go soon um but yeah fucking i don't know be kind to each other and uh that's all i got for you i love that yeah definitely go check out all of the musical stuff that riley's involved in uh love love lamp is sick flashback is sick frozen with a p is sick and uh and riley is sick and i really appreciate you coming on and uh, spending some time with me man this has been really really fun yeah for real thanks for having me on <laughs>